Today I have the great privilege of concluding a series that we just started last week entitled Grateful. God is yearning for us as people, as believers, to be grateful. But as you can notice in the title, some of us, we live ungrateful. We're not grateful for the things that we have. We always want more. We want more success. We want a promotion. We want the corner office. We want more money. We want the pay raise. We want to be able to get the nice things of life. Some of us were even very interested in getting likes on Instagram. I know. I see you guys. Y'all are posting on your stories every single moment. I get it. You know, Instagram recently made a decision. They're considering getting rid of visibility of other people's likes. And here's the reason why. They've discovered that teenagers are struggling. They're having a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression, because other people are getting more likes than they are. And Instagram's considering getting rid of likes. I'm not really sure if it's going to happen, but we're going to see. But we live in this culture that always tells us that we need more. Always stoking the fire of dissatisfaction in our life and telling us that we should be ungrateful. And I think what happens is that we've fallen into this belief that fulfillment is found in more, on the other side of more. We have this belief that if we can just have more, we will be more. I've been to other countries, and I will tell you that some of the very poorest people in the world are some of the most grateful. Often those that have the least are grateful the most. We live in a country full of opulence and all the very best of things, and yet we're dissatisfied and we're grumbling. I want to suggest to you that That's not what God wants us to do. He wants us to be grateful. He wants us to stand out. In fact, that's the title of my message tonight, Stand Out. We need to stand out and be different than the rest of the world. We need to express gratitude. We need to express thanksgiving unto God for what he's done. We need to be grateful to the other people around us. Many of us have gotten too caught up in the trappings of of life, and I will tell you that earthly things, that external things, do not fulfill the eternal part of who we are. External, temporary things cannot fulfill the eternal part of who we are. So today I want to speak on stand out. I want to invite you to join me in Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 through 16. We're going to look at some words from the Apostle Paul. Now, just to give you a quick reminder, he is in chains. He is in Rome. He's at the end of his career, at the end of his ministry, and he's facing death. But yet, in spite of all that, he wants us to be grateful. Pay attention to this. Verse 14, turn on your Bible, open up your Bible app, open up your Bible, let's look together. Verse 14, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. He's encouraging us to stand out. Today I want to share with you three ways to stand out. Three ways to be different in the culture. Number one, guard your gratitude. 
guard your gratitude. Verse 14 and 15 says this, Do everything without grumbling or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Paul is telling us to do everything without grumbling and arguing, grumbling or debating. Do you want to know what the word in the original language actually means for everything? It means everything. He's saying everything. Whatever you do, all the time, everywhere, and with everyone, it's not conditional. It doesn't depend on your mood. It doesn't depend on your circumstance. It doesn't depend on your situation. Always be grateful. Don't grumble. Unfortunately, many of us, we grumble about things. We grumble about the most petty of things. Some of us, we have first world problems. I want to share with you some first world problems that some of us have. And I want to give you a larger context. I want to give you a perspective from the world's perspective about our first world problems. Many of us, we complain that the checkout line takes too long. But we fail to realize that in the world, 795 million people have no access to food. That's one in 10 people. That's three times the U.S. population. People have food insecurity. And we're complaining that the checkout line takes too long. Some of us, we complain that we have too few Christmas presents. You know, if we took all the money that we spent on Christmas, if everybody was to pull all their money together, we could feed the whole world for a year. They've done the math. We complain that Wi-Fi is way too slow, but half the world does not have access to the Internet. We complain about tap water. We're bougie about our Fiji water. 790 million people do not have access to clean water. In fact, waterborne illnesses in the developing countries is the number one cause of death. And we're complaining about tap water. We can't get the brand of water that we like. Some of us, we complain that school is boring. My kids tell me that all the time. I'm like, then do the work. It won't be boring. But 831 million people are either illiterate or don't have access to education. I want to suggest to you that God would chastise us for our ingratitude. We're ungrateful. Verse 14 and 15 says this, If we grumble and argue, we are a warped and crooked generation. That's what the Apostle Paul is telling us. When we're grumbling, when we're ingrateful, when we're not thankful for what God has entrusted to us, we're warped and crooked. But the Bible tells us and God is calling us to be different. He's inviting us to be blameless and pure, children of God without fault. But we must be willing to guard our gratitude. We must be careful about what we say and how we say it and where we say it. What I've discovered is that many of us, we like to say and share things on social media. In fact, when things come up, that's the first place we go. We want to share it with everyone. Here are two thoughts about social media. Number one, social media is not the place to share your pain. Now, I get it. I know you want to share your disappointment because you want affirmation, you want encouragement, you want somebody to get on your side, but I want to encourage you, don't share it there. Don't process your pain in public, process it in the presence of God. Don't process your pain in public, process it in the presence of God. 
It's short-circuiting the process of taking your pain to Jesus. In those moments, what you need is you need love. And when you go to God, he gives you love because he is love. When you have pain, you can take it to God and he'll give you his peace because he is the Prince of Peace. He'll give you joy, a joy unspeakable. And if you connect with the Holy Spirit, he'll produce the fruit of the Spirit in your life, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. He'll give you all of it. When you're willing to go to God and give him the discomforts and the pains and the struggles of your heart, he'll take it and he'll give you something much better. Don't process your pain in public. Process it with the Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, social media is not the place to voice your complaints. We live in a culture of outrage. Everybody's upset. Everybody's frustrated. Everybody's overwhelmed. The challenge is we live in a culture that tells us on one hand to share our truth, but don't offend anyone. To be vocal, but at the same time create safe spaces. Culture talks out of the both sides of the mouth with us with regards to this. Let me put it to you this way. Here's the reason why we should not voice our complaints on social media. It's because grumbling degrades your works and discredits your witness. You can do all of these really great things in your life, but what happens is that when you grumble, it degrades your works. It minimizes the impact of that moment, and it discredits your witness because people look at you and then they look at themselves and they say in their own mind and heart, what's different? You're doing the very same thing I do. I know the culture is inviting us to be just like them, but in fact, people are wanting to see if we're really different. It discredits your witness. Ephesians 5, 4 says this, this is the Apostle Paul writing, let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. I find it apropos that we're right on the cusp of Thanksgiving. And again, you're going to be going to Thanksgiving dinner with some people that you may not like, some family members that really grind your gears. I get it. But they're looking at you and they want to know, is this Jesus that you serve real? When you're grateful, when you're kind, when you're thoughtful, it makes an impact in their life. Truth is, some of us, we need our mouths washed out with the spiritual soap of the Word of God. We pray, we, we speak in tongues, but we lie and we cheat and we slander and we grumble and we complain and we criticize. You know, grumbling is a gateway drug to gossip. And gossip grieves the Holy Spirit. God does not intend for us to gossip about other people. And the reason why it grieves the Holy Spirit is because God created them and he died for them. And when we gossip, we demean them and we demean the name of Jesus. And that's not what Christians should do. To give you extra incentive, I want to encourage you to not grumble because it actually shrinks your brain. It does. If you look at this photo, what you'll notice is that on this side, this brain is much smaller than this one. It's the same brain. Here's what happened. This man had a tumor in his brain that released a hormone called cortisol. Cortisol is released when there's chronic stress. 
what happens is that the brain began to atrophy. It began to lose mass. But then the doctors went in and they removed the tumor and look what happened to the brain. When you grumble and complain, you cause your body to release cortisol. And in fact, when cortisol is present in your system, it shrinks a very important part of your brain called the hippocampus, which is responsible for problem-solving and intelligent thought. Furthermore, cortisol, what it does and when it's chronically in your system is it actually elevates your risk for hypertension and heart disease, and it makes you die quicker. Let me put it to you this way. Grumbling shrinks your brain and shortens your life. Don't be dumb. Guard your gratitude. I'm just telling you what the facts are. When we don't guard our gratitude, we shrink our brain and we hurt other people. Number two, to stand out is to shine bright. Verse 15 and 16 says this, Then you will shine among them like the stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. God didn't create you to be like everyone else. He created you to, bright, to be a bright, shining star. Do you know your star? You're intended to twinkle. You're intended to stand out. You're intended to shine against the darkness. You're intended to illuminate the darkness. You're intended to be bright against the backdrop of sin and darkness in the world. Can I encourage you? Never dull your shine for someone else. Don't turn down for anyone. Be bright. Be brilliant. Shine bright in the culture. Don't let anybody dull your shine. Don't dull your shine for anyone. Let me share with you. I was looking at this passage, and it tells us that if we are willing to hold fast to the word of life, we will shine bright. Now, I went ahead and I looked at this word hold fast because I wanted to understand a little bit better what does this mean what does it mean to hold firmly that word hold fast in the original language actually means to pay attention to to stay on to focus on but what i also noticed is that the word in in the original language is the word espejo and for my spanish speakers what is espejo what is an espejo it's a mirror let me give you a little more nuance of this passage because I want you to get this. Then you will shine among them, the world, like stars in the sky as you hold fast, as you stay focused on, as you reflect the word of life. And who is the word of life? It's Jesus. You shine bright when you reflect Jesus in the world. Now, to give you some practical handles on what it means to shine bright in the culture, I want to inform you that today is World Kindness Day, okay? I want to give you 10 ways to be kind today. The day's not over. You can still do it. Number one, send an encouraging text to a friend or family member. Now, don't text me right now. It's going to distract me. But now that I mention it, some of you are going to try to text me. I already know it's going to happen. But guess what? I muted my phone, so I won't get the text till later but you can send a text. Number two, call someone you haven't talked to in a while. Number three, post a message thanking your friends, your family, your spouse for something that they've done that's been very kind to you. Number four, wear a cardigan so that you can celebrate the life of Mr. Rogers. <laughs> Buy donuts for your coworkers. Now, I know I'm not your coworker, but you can bring me donuts. I'll be here tomorrow. <laughs> Leave a note of thanks on someone's desk. Number seven, forgive a debt for someone who owes you money. Number eight, hold the door for someone. 
Instead of just rushing out, hold the door for someone. Practice it. Maybe have a fight about who's going to hold the door while you're heading out. Number nine, buy a $5 gift card or multiple $5 gift cards and hand them out to friends or strangers. I'm willing to be a friend or a stranger. If you want to give me a $5 gift card, I would welcome it. I won't reject it. I'll say thank you very much. I'll be grateful to you. And number 10, this is for some of you. Maybe God is calling some of you to sponsor a family for Thanksgiving. Be willing to give to someone else. Show kindness. But don't just let it be one day. Let it be every day. Let it be how you live your life. Be grateful for what God has given to you, but also be generous. And number three, to stand out in the culture is to finish your race. Verse 16 says this, And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. Paul is saying, I'm looking forward to the day that I go before Jesus and I can boast about the fact that I did everything right, that I didn't run or labor in vain. What that brought to my mind was this, is that in high school, I swam. I was a high school athlete. And one of the things that our coach kept telling us is don't disqualify yourself. Don't disqualify yourself. Don't disqualify yourself. Don't jump off the blocks before the, t- the sound of the beep. Because if you're in an important race and you get deked, you're out. That's it. Don't get disqualified before the race begins. And more importantly, don't get banned for life. In 1999, Lance Armstrong stepped back onto the cycling scene. He had been gone for a couple years. And the reason he had been gone was because he had cancer. But in 1999, he came back to cycling and he won the Tour de France. And people were surprised because more than likely, people who have cancer don't come back from that. And they're not competitive, but he won the whole thing. And then he came back the next year and he won again. Two times and three times and five times and six times and seven times. And finally, after a storied career, after being a Tour de Force in the Tour de France, he retired. But the problem with Lance Armstrong was that he was arrogant. And he mistreated a lot of his teammates. And because of that, they began to turn on him. And there were whispers in the cycling community that he was doping, that he was using performance-enhancing drugs to win races. But his rebuttal was constantly, have you seen my drug panels? I'm coming back clean. Well, he made the wrong guy mad because there was one guy who was willing to admit to the feds that he had seen Lance Armstrong dope, that he had seen him use performance-enhancing drugs. And so as the, as, the, as the pressure from the feds was closing in on him and he was facing a criminal charge, he decided to admit that he had taken performance-enhancing drugs. And right in that moment... Everybody left him. All the sponsors, all the money. He was banned from cycling. He was banned from professional sports for life. In fact, this is what one news organization said. The epic downfall of cycling star, once an idolized icon of millions around the globe, stands out in the history of professional sports. In one moment... Everything that he had worked for, everything that he had done was invalidated. All of his wins were vacated. He had nothing to show for his efforts. Church, grumbling vacates your wins. You may do amazing things for God, but it will vacate the wins in your life. 
Instead, God is inviting us to have an attitude of gratitude. Don't labor in vain. Hold fast to the word of God. Shine bright in the culture. Live for Jesus. That's what God intends for you and I, that we be grateful. And as I close, I want to invite you to stand. As I was thinking about this moment, what came to mind was what happened last week. Many of you, many of you said you wanted to get rid of grumbling. But today, the challenge is this. Are you willing to stand out? It's not just enough to say no to grumbling. We must be willing to say yes to gratitude. Say yes to kindness. Say yes to the will of God. Say yes to being different in the culture. We must be willing to do that. And today, this is the moment for you to make that declaration. And if you're here and you want to declare that you are willing to stand out for Jesus, this is your moment. And as the worship team comes forward, they're going to lead us in a song. And if you're here and you want to declare publicly in front of everyone, if you want to step forward and shine among the wickedness, shine among the the difficulty of life, this is your moment. Team, would you lead us? And as, as they lead us, would you be willing to come? Just come to the altar. Don't delay.